The following message is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe can be found at axechurchleander.com. Genesis 32:24 to 30. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called this place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. All right, well, today we're talking about the story of Jacob, and Jacob wrestling God is kind of a strange story, especially when, when you just read it by itself. And part of understanding kind of the, the main stories of, of scriptures is getting an understanding of the context that's happening before and what's happening afterwards. And so we're going to take a dive into both of those, what's happening before Jacob wrestles God and then what happens after Jacob wrestles God. And so uh, this will give us uh, just a good understanding of who Jacob is as a person and give us an understanding more so of the message that um, the story of Jacob is trying to share with us in um, today's uh, message in talking about dysfunctional families. You see, Jacob was the one who was the difficult child of the family. And maybe when I say difficult child, uh, someone might ring up in your head in your own family, uh, somebody who might have been the difficult person in your life, or uh, maybe it's the crazy uncle or step-sibling, or uh, if you can't think of anybody, it might just be you. I don't know. Maybe. Just kidding. I don't know. But there's always that one person that we think of that might just be the difficult one in the family, right? And so they might say some really awkward things whenever they're family gatherings that make people's heads turn, and you're like, what? what is happening? What did he just say? What did she just say? Or maybe they act in a certain way that might make you feel uncomfortable and you just don't want to be around them. Or uh, maybe they bring up these old traumatic past experiences and just start talking about them, even though your family had already swore off to, to forget everything that they, that they ever experienced with that traumatic experience. But regardless, whoever's in your family, whoever's in your life, we have to understand that God has created them in in his image and that they are loved and that Jesus died for them and they are no different than you or me and we have to learn to to live with them to live around them to reconcile with them to show them love and to also show them Jesus um, even in our own dysfunctional families and and that's where we get into the story of Jacob but before we get there just a little bit of context so Pastor Josh last week talked about uh, Father Abraham had many sons many sons had father okay I'm gonna stop so talked about how God had blessed Abraham and that his family is going to be a blessing to all of the nations. And his family is going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And because we fall into the line of Abraham, because uh, we are bought by the blood of Jesus, we then get to be a blessing to the rest of the nations as well as God continues to bless us. Right. And then as we follow the genealogy of Abraham, Abraham has Isaac, and then Isaac ends up having two sons whose names are Jacob and Esau. And already from the beginning, they're twins, and there's already some conflict that's happening between Jacob and Esau. And right as Jacob's coming out and Esau is coming out of the womb, uh, Jacob's already grabbing the heel of Esau. So there's already some tension that's happening between the two. And even before that, God tells their mother, Rebekah, 
this prophecy that, that two nations are in your womb. This comes from Genesis 25, uh, verse 23. Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples will come from you and be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. So already from the get-go, there's some tension that's happening between Jacob and Esau right as they were born. And as the, the story continues on, as they continue to get older, uh, some things start to happen where Jacob is stealing the birthright of Esau, and then he ends up stealing the blessing that his father had intended for his son Esau, and then Jacob runs away from home, and then he gets married like four times, so he has four wives, and he only loves one of them, and then these four wives just start arguing and they have hatred toward each other and then they start competing for Jacob's love by starting to have babies and so there are babies that are happening left and right and there's just all of this drama with this family and it seems like everywhere that Jacob goes there seems to be some sort of tension and 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 problems that are happening that he's starting kind of on his own but we have to pause for a moment uh, before we move any further and we just kind of have to think about you know what was going through Jacob's mind during this time because when we think about Jacob, I, I don't want us to really sympathize with him, but I, I might want to just take a moment for us to kind of understand what he might have been experiencing. I mean, already from the get-go, he kind of was set up for failure with his name being named Deceiver, right? His name, as he came out of the womb, he was called Deceiver, and that's, that's exactly what he did. That, that was what he did to other people. He cheated people. And so already he was kind of set up to start deceiving people and cause problems and pain. But it ended up working out for him because he started getting all these great blessings and all these great things for him. So, so if he's already deceiving people and cheating people and doing things that, that might cause harm to other people, but it's working out for him, then why would he want to stop doing it if it still works out for him? Why would he want to quit doing it if it's already getting him the best thing possible? I mean, think about it in your own life. I mean, think about the people in your own life as well. Maybe when you were in school, there was someone that was like the, the bully, right? That would always like steal the lunch money, but, you know, would always be mean to people and, and cause harm and cause problems. But, you know, maybe he uh, just kind of lived a hard life and just needed the money to be able to, to get lunch that day. Or think about the people like the class clown that uh, always kept people laughing. And whenever people laughed, it encouraged him to keep going, keep doing it more and more and more, even though he was disrupting the classroom. Or even think about, you know, even today, uh, if if you're gossiping while you're at work and you're causing up some some drama with other people and people are really starting to kind of tune into what you're saying and starting to listen to you, then why would you want to quit doing it, right? But something only works out until it doesn't. And that's exactly what happens to Jacob. You see, later on in his life, after he's married, he actually gets deceived himself by his father-in-law. He gets cheated, and then he has to run away from the place where he was and has to go back to his hometown, and he has to confront Esau. And that's a really hard thing for him to do because he, when he hears word that, that he's returning back home and Esau is going to confront him, Esau starts bringing 400 men to, to confront him. And all of a sudden, Jacob gets scared. So he starts dividing up all of his property and all of his different things and uh, he thinks that he's going to die because Esau is going to kill him because of all the fighting that he's caused and all the problems that he's caused and the day before he goes to meet Esau that night before he encounters God and when he encounters God that evening 
He's all alone. And he does the one thing that he's been doing his entire life, fighting and wrestling. And that's exactly what he does with God. And as uh, he's fighting and wrestling with God, I love this. He's, he's so stubborn that he says this as he's wrestling with God. In verse 26 of chapter 32, Jacob's like, I will not let you go until you bless me. I, I am not letting go until you bless me. And all of a sudden, God listens to him and he blesses him and he gives him a new name, which is the name Israel. Because in verse 28 it says, you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. You have struggled with God and with men have prevailed. So God gives him this, this gift that he's going to forget the past of deceiving, right? That was his name originally. And he's going to give him a new name to, to give him a hope and a future for him and his family and for all of the nation of Israel, as we see looking further down the line in scripture, that he's going to struggle with God and with men, but is going to prevail. That's incredible. That God is going to erase kind of his past and the things that he's done in his past and give him a new hope and a new future. And he's going to do the same for us as well. But here's the thing, that Jacob didn't need to fight for what was already his. I mean, think back to the story of Abraham. God had already blessed his family, said, look, you're going to be a blessing and your family's going to be a blessing to all of the nations. And they're going to show him that I'm the Lord. I'm God. And as it continues on into the story, even in a dream before this happens, Jacob has this dream that God approaches him. He says, look, this is the land that I'm giving to you and I'm going to bless it and I'm going to bless you and I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to be with you every step of the way. And so God had already given the blessing to Jacob and he's already fighting for what he already has. He's fighting for what already has been given to him as a gift. And quite frankly, I think that's the same thing that we do with our lives as well. That we already seem to fight for what is already ours. Students, if you guys are watching, maybe it's you guys that um, are trying to wrestle or struggle or fight for good grades or get into a good college so that you can feel love and acceptance because you might feel the pressure of your parents trying to push you to do well and to do great. And so you might want to try and get A's and do all these different types of sports and get involved in so many different activities that you're stressing yourself out, that you're struggling and you're fighting, but you're fighting for what is already yours. You are already accepted and loved by your parents. Adults, if you guys are watching, maybe you're trying to get a really good career. And so you're starting to take on all these different jobs and, and trying to make a name for yourself in your career so that when Thanksgiving time comes around, you're sitting around a group of, of family and you're catching up with them and then you start spewing off all these accomplishments and things that you, you've done in order to show that you are worth something. But the truth is, is that you're already fighting for something that is already yours. You are worth something in Christ. You are worth something to God. So the question that I want you guys to think about this week and to, to reflect on after this message is, what is something that you are, you are fighting for that is already yours? What are you fighting for that is already given to you? Because once we get into the story after Jacob wrestling with God, Jacob is humbled at this point. 
and he goes and approaches Esau and he might still be scared, but he realizes that he doesn't have to fight anymore because when Esau sees him, he runs towards Jacob and embraces him and hugs him and the family is healed. They have a, a better relationship than what they had before. You see, once we realize that, that we don't have to fight for what is already ours, we begin to see families transformed and healed and renewed and given a new purpose for us to be able to live our lives, to be a blessing to other people through Christ. So what does that look like for you guys? What does that look like for you in your own life? Maybe you're, you're trying to Maybe you're trying to fight for grace or forgiveness off of something that you've done long ago in the past that God has already given you, forgiven you for. Maybe it's like Jacob and Esau. Maybe it's someone that you haven't talked to in a while and that you're trying to avoid the fight and you're trying to avoid the conflict when in reality, you're family no matter what. You see, God is already creating this family not only within your family, but a family of God, the kingdom of God together so that we can learn to live with one another in, in peace and in love and in forgiveness and in grace. And he's starting with, with Jacob in bringing about and closing off these family conflicts. And he's doing the same for you. You see, what God is doing, he's creating new patterns off of old habits in our lives. But that doesn't mean that everything is perfect with this story right here. And it doesn't mean that your story is going to be completely perfect too. Their family and our family are still dysfunctional. Time and time again, even right after the story, we get into the story of, of Joseph and his brothers, the, the sons of Jacob, who already have this brotherly conflict, just like Jacob and Esau, just like Cain and Abel from the very beginning of Genesis. And so this pattern continues to keep going on and on and on. But it's this promise that, that they are Israel, that we are Israel, that we struggle with God and with other people and yet still prevail because the blessing is already ours that we don't need to fight for. So my prayer is that you guys would take time to, to reflect on what is something that you guys are fighting for that is already yours in Christ because Jesus already fought for what is already ours. I'll say that again, Jesus already fought for what is already ours. I pray that you continue to, to lean on that, to lean on that grace, to lean on that forgiveness, to lean on that acceptance and worth that, that you are his in Christ. And that our families can continue to be healed and bring reconciliation to each other so that we can continue to be a blessing to other people as well. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.